content provided in this podcast is for general information purposes only. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect that of the Mississauga Board of Trade. The Omnicon variant is raising concerns for Ontario and health experts. Mississauga will soon be home to a new state-of-the-art hospital and vaccinations have rolled out for the youngest in our society. To bring us up to speed with the details on these stories and more is Brad Buck. Brad is the Vice President of Stakeholder and Government Relations for the Mississauga Board of Trade. Welcome, Brad. Thanks again, David. Well, Brad, we've got a lot of ground to cover uh, in this uh, in this nine-minute segment, so let's get rolling. This Omicron variant, I mean, it's they're talking about it in Europe and Africa and uh Africa is very upset because people are pointing to them and others are saying, yeah, they're right because it was really discovered in Europe. Oh, my goodness. What's going on with it? Well, the line we're hearing from medical experts as well as politicians is concern, but not panic. And I think the fact that we have very, very high double vaccination rates uh, in our region uh, is leading uh, the experts to say that that they're not overly concerned at this stage, but they are watching it closely. And vaccinations are rolling out finally for uh, for young people. Um, This is great news to get uh, our uh, youngest vaccinated um, while they're in school. What's the uh, what's the latest on it? So, yeah, Peel Public Health is moving real quick. Dr. Lowe uh, reported this week more than 6,000 children in that age category have already received their first dose. So kudos to them. Let's keep it up. And, uh, yep, get vaccinated, get your first, wait the four week, get your second, and get going. Let's get these young kids uh, vaccinated as well. Major, major announcement for, uh, for Trillium Hospitals in Mississauga. Uh, Michelle Demanuel, when she was uh, head of the Trillium uh, hospital um, uh, uh, conglomerate uh, did a mar- marvelous job about getting funding and getting uh, hospital additions built in Mississauga. Now, this is huge for uh, for Trillium Health. What's going on with this new hospital announcement? So, yes, the Premier and Minister of Health made a major funding announcement. Uh, they're saying in the billions of dollars over the next 10 years to substantially uh, build and expand the Mississauga site of Trillium Health Partners, as well as the Queensway uh, site, which is just on the other side uh, of the border in Etobicoke. Um, 500 new beds between the two sites, a much expanded emergency ward at the Mississauga site. Just great, great news for Mississauga. Um, This is good for businesses. This is good for our employees. And, and people who live here, a uh, very exciting announcement and um, moving forward with, uh, with a great build. And it will be Canada's largest hospital once it's completed. Now, Brad, this is, I mean, uh, listen, we always love to have things come to Mississauga and Peel Region. Um, why do you think that the province has, uh, has selected uh, Mississauga and particularly the Trillium, the Trillium Trilogy of Hospitals, to uh, to make this big announcement is it because Mississauga is becoming a uh, a center for uh, advancement in medicine or is it population growth what's going on that we uh, that we were able to get this kind of funding I think the 
provincial governments, both the previous one and this one, have always been very impressed at how the three hospital sites came together 10 years ago. It's the 10-year anniversary of that merger. And it was a voluntary merger. It wasn't forced. The groups came together and said, how do we reduce administration and how do we improve patient care uh, in the greater Mississauga area? And I, I think the people down at Queen's Park have always been impressed with that. And so I think they said, look, this is the kind of organization that deserves to to get uh, uh, this kind of an investment um, to continue to build and grow. And yes, population has, has something to do with that. The regional uh, location of these hospitals has something to do with that. But I think it's really the tremendous leadership that we've seen by Trillium Health Partners. You mentioned Michelle D. Emanuel, who's now down at the province on secondment, but, but leadership like that that has really proven why this investment was uh, was well-deserved for Mississauga. The Auditor General has been snooping around and found some wrong payments for business, the business support, wrong yeah. payments or misallocation or fraud. What the heck's going on there? Well, well, what uh, what the Auditor General has uh, discovered is about $210 million uh, in payments that went to businesses that, that basically didn't qualify uh, for that under the Ontario Small Business Grant Program. So, yes, uh, you know, $210 million, the province has decided to write it off rather than trying to force people to bring it back. But, you know, the bigger story is, in my opinion, is the the thousands of businesses that applied and didn't qualify and got nothing. So, yes, $210 million out of sort of $3 billion out the door, as the premier says, um, is is unfortunate uh, and shouldn't have happened but it's it's uh, the bigger issue in in my view is the thousands of businesses that qualified for nothing and the ndp is promising a 20 dollar per hour minimum wage my goodness how 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 much further left can they possibly get and uh, disrupt small businesses i mean andrea horvath says she's a friend to small business this ain't very friendly in my eyes yeah, well, as you as as your listeners are, are probably well aware, um, January first, the minimum wage goes to fifteen dollars for all workers. That includes servers as well as those that were on a general minimum wage. Uh, that's a quite a jump already, and yet here we have now the NDP saying if they form a government after next June, that by May of 2026, the minimum wage will be twenty dollars an hour in the province of Ontario. That would be way ahead of any other province and even way ahead of the federal the federal minimum wage uh, as well so let's see if they form a government for one and number two is um, that would be a huge increase for a lot of small businesses to absorb well I think the nice thing about being in a party that has no chance of election is you can make promises you can make all well, kinds of promises. Well, no, but, the, but then watch, Bob Ray, watch, remember Bob watch Ray? What you say, I was going to say, watch what you say, because Bob Ray and the NDP won in 1990. So anything, anything is possible in politics. And uh, now this is an interesting story, Working for Workers Act. Um, this has some interesting uh, attributes to it or parts to it, including um, your boss can't uh, can't bother you after. How the heck is anybody ever going to enforce that? Well, yeah, well, this was an interesting piece of legislation brought forward by Labour Minister uh, Monty McNaughton, and there's two elements of this uh, this bill that uh, are are irking a little bit of people. Number one is this provision that technically now under the law you you uh, you don't have to answer your phone after quote unquote work hours um, or have to do any work for for the business you're working for. I mean, I don't know how you. Enforce 
enforce that, but but that technically is in the bill. And of course, the second thing is that you can no longer have non-compete clauses. Um, those are those are now unenforceable in any way, shape, or form in the province of Ontario with the passage of this bill. So this is going to raise some very interesting questions. First of all, I mean, I've had a conversation with Jonathan Borelli from Kaiser Mason Ball, the labor lawyer there. We had a brief conversation about this uh, non-compete part of it. And will it be retroactive? So that's going to raise all kinds of problems. But, you know, when people are working remotely um, and and this is going to this is going to put great pressure on because the boss is going to say, okay, well, if I can't. If I can't talk to you before nine and after five, then you know, uh, by goodness, you're gonna. I'm gonna make sure that you're. I'm ringing out every every ounce of time between nine and five. I don't think this is a good one for workers. Anyways, um, last uh, item on uh, today is uh, a federal bill to mandate ten paid sick days. Who's paying for this, Brad? And what companies does it affect? Well, yes, uh, there is a bill going through the House of Commons. I suspect it will pass uh, and become the law. It will amend the Canada Labour Code that any federally regulated businesses and, of course, the federal government itself um, would now be required to provide 10 fully paid sick days at the cost of the employer um, going forward. So uh, anyone out there that's a federally regulated business, uh, get ready. Um, because this will uh, be the rules. And what will wind up happening is once the federal government does it, you know what's go- you know what's going to happen. Provinces are going to start to look at this and they're going to start to jump on board as well and amend their legislation. So I suspect get ready for 10 paid sick days. I think that's going to be the lay of the land as we move towards through 2022. And um, it's just going to be something that governments are, are, are planning to enact. 10 paid sick days and a $20 minimum minimum wage uh who whoever who would want to have a business these days <laughs> anyways we've been in conversation with Brad Butt Brad is the vice president of stakeholder and government relations for the Mississauga Board of Trade Brad we'll talk to you next week yeah thanks again david